Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about some negatives of entering the pool service business. And I think it's always good to look at both sides of the coin. Although there are a lot of positives, there are also some negatives that you should be aware of. And these are all well known in the industry, so there will be no surprises here in this podcast. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. There are a great many positives to becoming a pool service professional. I think the two biggest ones that you should be aware of are the scalability of the business which means you can work 40 hours but make more than someone working 40 hours at a normal job because you're in charge of your business and you can easily scale it up by bringing on one employee or two employees. Of course, this is going to be a negative also that I'm going to discuss, but the scalability is a big plus in the business where you can bring on people. So you're working 40 hours, they're working for you, and you're making a lot more money than if you were at a regular 9-to-5 job. And the other benefit is, of course, the freedom to set your schedule so you don't miss any of your kids' baseball games or ballet ballet performances or any events. And I really like this aspect of it. You can schedule so you have Saturday and Sunday off, which a lot of times if you're working a different job, you don't have that ability. And you can take days off again for parent conference meetings, things like that. So the fact that you're in charge of your hours and you can work as many or as little during a day as you want. And the scalability of it are two huge benefits to doing weekly pool service that that I think would really outweigh all the negatives I'm going to talk about here in this podcast. So with that, take these negatives with the positives that I just mentioned here as the backdrop and work off of that because these negatives can be overcome pretty easily. The first big negative is you're working outside in the elements, so the weather is a big factor. If you work maybe selling cars or if you work somewhere in an outdoor setting, somewhat outdoor setting like that, you're familiar with hot days, rainy days, cold days. If you work in an office, you may not be familiar with the elements as well as you know if you work a job that's partially outside. So I think this is something to consider. We get really hot days here in the summer in California. If you're in Florida, you get really muggy, humid weather. I don't know how anyone works in Florida. So there is the element of nature that you're up against. On the plus side, I guess I can give a positive, is you're outside and it's really one of the most refreshing things sometimes when it's not like 100 degrees out there, of course. To be working outside, something about working outside just makes you feel good. I mean, if you do yard work around your house and you're out there for two or three hours, You just feel refreshed and really you feel energized by working outside. So there is something positive about that, but you have to realize that you're working in the elements. So you may not be familiar with that 
and get familiar with really hot days, really cold mornings here in California, windy days. I mean, when the pool gets hit by the wind, you're just, it's just one of those disasters that you're going to not enjoy. So weather is a factor, and I would say weather is a negative at this point, even though I mentioned a few positives with the weather, but it's definitely a negative working pool service because you're outside. Another negative in the industry that really wasn't a negative until about three or four years ago, I call it the COVID blip, and this happened in a lot of industries. If you look online for stuff, you notice that the price is inflated. A lot of this has to do with the policies during COVID where they were just printing money, which kind of devalued things and led to runaway inflation. But this also happened in the pool industry. So we have an inflationary kind of setting right now where almost every year the prices of chemicals rise. Um, Not dramatically anymore, but there was a dramatic bump at the beginning. Whereas before COVID, the price of chemicals and the price of equipment, I would say was flat. There was not much increase in the prices over years, years and years, decades, I would say, where there wasn't any substantial jump. So how do you solve this negative? Well, of course, you're charging the customer more now, and you're also raising your service rates on a regular basis, whereas back in the past, we hardly ever had to raise our rates. It was one of those golden eras of pool service where most companies just kept things the same, suppliers and manufacturers, nothing was happening. So that golden age is over, and so you know the prices are rising, yes, and you have to deal with that by increasing the rate you charge your customers. There's no way around it. That's just how it is. So the negative is that prices have been increasing. Maybe they're not going to increase as rapidly next year or this season or the season after. But this is something that's in the industry now and something you have to deal with. And I think the rising fuel costs, at least in California, you know, it's like over $6 a gallon for gas. That's also a factor when you're doing this. Now, the fuel costs and vehicle wear and tear or another negative, you know, you drive your car to work normally, and maybe it's a 20-mile drive round trip, or maybe it's a 30-mile drive round trip, but you're out there driving your truck or van in residential areas, and you're, you know, wearing out your truck, basically. I know that I've went through about four starters with my Nissan, three or four starters, several batteries, and the reason why those wear out is because you're constantly turning your truck on and off, you know, 40 times a day. And then your tires wear out more because you're driving in residential areas. You're doing a lot of turning and a lot of street driving. So this is wear and tear in your vehicle. Fortunately, the IRS is going to help you here. You have two choices. You can write off your expenses, which is your, your truck payment and all the maintenance on there. Or you can write off your mileage. And right now I think they're giving you about 65 cents per mile. And this could be a substantial deduction. I mean, if you drive 15,000 miles in work-related miles, you're going to be able to, let me calculate it here real quick. So you're going to be able to deduct $9,750 on your taxes as a kind of, not a business loss, but as a deduction. So that's substantially good because you're getting a deduction for the mileage you're driving. Or you can do, of course, the cost of the vehicle. Now, once you start one on your vehicle. You can't switch over, unfortunately. So be careful and choose wisely, either your expenses or the mileage, whatever is better for you. And if you have a CPA, they'll guide you and tell you which is better. So the wear and tear on your vehicle and the cost of fuel 
is offset by a tax deduction. So that's nice. So it's still a negative though because you're wearing out your vehicle a lot faster than if you were driving it back and forth to work and just parking it there and leaving it there. Another negative, and I mentioned you can scale your business, which is a really a great positive, but there's kind of a negative interwoven inside that, which is the fact that it's hard to find good help. And this is another problem that has emerged after COVID. Prior to COVID, there was plenty of people that you can hire to do pool service. They, they left their name at the supplier wanting to do this kind of work. Now after COVID, we have kind of a delivery instant society. So services like Instacart, uh, Uber, um, DoorDash, all of these are taking a lot of people that would normally be doing this kind of work away. I mean, you can make a lot of money doing Uber and DoorDash and Instacart. I remember seeing a few applications for my rentals. There was one in particular that did Uber, and this guy was making $8,000 a month doing Uber. It was really crazy the amount of money you can make doing these kind of instant services. And this has taken a lot of people out of the pool service field or a lot of employees that would do pool service. They're just driving around, dropping off food, dropping off groceries, giving people rides to the airport. And it is a big impact in the industry because that's a service industry and we rely on service-oriented people to do pool service. And so there's been a little shortage of employees or good employees. Now, it's not impossible to get someone to do the work. You're going to have to pay more. You're going to have to give more benefits, like maybe a work truck. And you're going to have to decide if you want to do 1099 or an employee. Now, in California, you can only make them an employee. So there's added costs to having an employee. But you're going to factor that into the charge. You're charging the customer. And you're going to charge a good enough rate to cover the employee. Plus, make a pretty good profit on the pool that they're they're doing the service on. But I'm being honest here with negatives and finding good help. In any field, not just pool service, but if you have a restaurant or if you have any kind of business, finding any kind of good help is harder now after the COVID-19 kind of instant delivery economy emerged. And a lot of people are working in that field because, frankly, it's easy work and you get paid really well if if you, you know, have enough hits every day with that particular kind of service. Another thing, of course, you own your own business, so... There's not much of a safety net owning your own pool business. And what I mean by this is, you know, if you have a spouse working, that's great. But if you have, if you're the husband and wife working as a team in the business and your business starts to falter, which could happen. I mean, businesses do fail. And I think the failure rate after five years is pretty tremendous. Not too many businesses are still left after five years. And you can see this when you're driving around in the shopping center You'll see a restaurant, and then you'll see a couple years later that it's a different restaurant, or you'll see stores closing. And the same goes for service businesses. If you don't run it correctly, you could be out of business pretty quickly. So this is something that you have to also understand is that as someone who has their own business, there just isn't a big safety net, which means that you you can't go out there, and if you were in the corporate world and you got laid off, you can easily find another job most of the time, or if you're working doing something like car sales. You can always go to another dealer. This is not the case when you own your own business. If your business were to fail, there's some serious monetary losses that are going to be incurred and restarting or starting over with a new business is difficult because of the losses of the other one. So be aware that if you start this business, you have to have some pretty good knowledge to make sure that it's going to work. And you have to realize that 
if there's a failure, it can be very economically devastating. Now, what can you do to help yourself not fail? I think some things that are helpful is having a really good amount of cash reserves. So if you do run into problems in your business, it's always good to have some cash you can pump in and infuse if you want to advertise or maybe buy a partial route to get you through. But I think you should have a substantial amount of cash on hand, either in the bank or you can use your home equity. Now, this is tough too now because rates are about 9% on an equity line of credit and it's really hard to qualify. So if you don't have one prior to this, it's really difficult to get one and it's not a really good product, but it's also a way to access cash if you need it. And it can be dangerous also if you're accessing cash and your business is failing and then you're increasing the debt on your home. So I would caution you on an equity line of credit, but a large cash reserve is always nice. And I would say you should have at least six months of cash in the bank to cover all the business expenses for six months. So, you know, whatever that would be, 5000 7000 a month, you should have that as cash in the bank. And you may think this is unrealistic, but you should start saving that money and have a cash reserve. No matter if you're successful at this point or not, you should always have a pretty good cash reserve as a business owner. I've seen many businesses fail, not just pool service, but other businesses fail because they're cash strapped. And if they just had $10,000, they would have survived. So this is one of those things where you have to really be aware that as a business owner, you need to have your own safety net, which is having some cash in the bank so that when you do run into problems, you can draw on that to help you get through those tough times. Another big one is if you're not working for a corporation, you're not going to get really good health coverage, at least not in California. We have what's called Covered California, which prior to that, the health care was really affordable. And then, you know, what happens when, you know, the government gets involved in anything, they kind of make things very complicated and expensive. Just look at the U.S. Post Office compared to UPS or FedEx or look at anything the government gets their hands on. And I'm not saying the government can't run something well. They run something with a lot of layers, and that adds to the cost of everything. And nothing can be said positively about Cover California that I can think of because my health care prior to that was about $400 a month, and it was really good health care where everything was paid for. I didn't have any co-payments or I didn't pay 30% of any kind of large premium or any kind of large bill that I would get. But now under Cover California, I would say that the insurance coverage is really bad and the price has doubled for me. So you're going to pay a lot of money for health care for your family. It's just me, my wife, and my son. And I pay a bundle for it. And it's not the greatest health care. A big drawback, I think, because if you're working for a corporation or an employer that has health care benefits, it really does save you on that monthly expense. Now, it's not a major hurdle. You're just going to have to charge your customers. a you know Part of your weekly service charge should be these costs that I mentioned here itemized. So your wear and tear on your vehicle, yes, you get a tax deduction, but you should also have some of that covered by the cost of the pool service. You also have higher costs of the products. That should be also in the pool service rate also. And you should also have something in the monthly charge that will cover the health insurance costs of your family. The problem with Covered California is that every year you have to restate your income and that changes the premium you, you pay or it changes how much they, they will help you with that premium. So you don't know year to year where your health care costs will be. 
you kind of estimate if you're making a lot of money, figure that your health care costs will go up because then the government won't, won't subsidize as much of your premium. It's kind of weird how this program works. And if you make less, then you can figure you're going to have less health care costs because with a lower income, the government will, of course, subsidize more of that health care premium in California. So this is something that should be factored into your monthly rate. All of these financial negatives I'm talking about, you know, the safety net, you should have some money going into savings from the rate you're charging your customer, health care costs, the, the wear and tear in your vehicle, the cost of goods, all should be factored into your weekly, not weekly rate, but your monthly rate or weekly rate, I guess. Over the course of the month, you should be charging the customer enough to cover all of these. And then, of course, make a profit. And herein lies kind of one of the things about owning your own business. If you're out there and at the end of the year, your only profit is, let's just say, $20,000, you're probably better off working, you know, in California, I mean, In-N-Out Burger, they get $19 an hour. I think there was a new law passed where they have to start at $20 an hour now for any fast food restaurant with 60 or more locations in California. They're calling this the McDonald's tax. So you're probably better off working at McDonald's making $20 an hour than going out there and spending all this time and energy building customers, doing all this work, if you're not going to make a decent profit in the business. And there's nothing wrong with making a profit in your business. It's not un-American. You know, when someone is doing work for me, I know that they're charging me more for the part than I can get it on Amazon. My HVAC guy put a new motor in for me last year for my air conditioner. It was like 800 bucks, And I know that he has some markup there. I'm not complaining about it. I'm not fighting it. He also charges me for labor because I know he has to make a profit. He's out there doing something that's not something nine to five and he's out there driving around and he should make a profit for doing something like this, for providing a service. And so there's nothing un-American about making a profit and making money off the customers you service. You're certainly not gouging anybody. You're just charging a rate that will cover these expenses that I mentioned here. And then you're going to make a profit above what you would make working at McDonald's because you're putting the extra effort into providing a service that's benefiting the customer. Of course, the McDonald's employees is benefiting the customer also. You're making the burger or you're putting it into the little food hot heating microwave thing and you're getting the customer their flat little uh, sandwich. Someone just sued McDonald's, by the way, recently for their false advertisement because the burgers look a lot better in the banners than they do in real life. They lost that lawsuit because the judge said that, hey, everyone's burgers look better in, in ads than in real life. But I'm digressing here. You're providing a service where someone couldn't do it themselves or didn't have the skill. And not everyone can do pool service and not everyone can do it consistently. So you should get paid for doing that. And so that should be a profit that you show at the end of the year. And you should be able to scale that if you wanted to. So there's a lot of things with owning a business that you should be aware of. And the number one thing is, if you're running your own business, you should be making a profit. And all of these should be inside there. Uh, besides the profit, these should be kind of expenses. And then you have a good profit to show for that. And then the last thing, of course, since you're not working a corporate job or working for a company that has like a 401k or even a pension like a teacher or a fireman or a police officer, then you should have some kind of your own investment to go along with your business so that you're not going to end up when you're 65 with nothing to show for any kind of passive income. So you'll have to create some kind of investment yourself. A portion of your profit 
should be reinvested either if you like the stock market, if you like mutual funds, if you like real estate, you should be buying properties. But a portion of that profit that you get should be going into some kind of investment that you normally would get working for a company. And I think a lot of self-employed people forget this. They think that for some reason they can do their business forever, which is not true. You can't do it forever. And a lot of them neglect the fact that, hey, if I was working a regular 95 job, I would have some kind of pension or some kind of 401k or some kind of investment to where I, I would be taken care of somewhat later in retirement, plus my social security that I would get from the government. But if you don't plan for that and you're relying on social security, by the way, it's pretty low for self-employed because every year is different. If you were to pull it up on their site and look at how much money you're going to get when you retire, you may be surprised that as someone who's self-employed, you're going to get a lot less than you would get if you were working for a corporation or a company. So be aware that your social security benefits are going to be a lot lower because the amount you pay in is based on your self-employment income. But you should definitely be doing some kind of investing while you're working with the profit you're making so that you're not going to be working at 70 years old cleaning pools out there or be a Walmart greeter. So keep that in mind and, and that's somewhat of a negative if you're not focused on that. I definitely think you need to have some kind of investment, some kind of passive income when you're older that you can't work anymore and you should be building that while you're working. So those are the negatives, I guess you would say, of the industry. There's probably a few more. Again, weigh those against the positives because I think for sure the positives far outweigh these negatives. And there are, of course, some positives inside these negatives. And if you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, you can find those on my website. Just click on the podcast icon and that'll take you to a drop-down menu of over 1,200 podcasts. And if you're interested in my coaching program, you can learn more about it at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a good rest of your week, and God bless. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash poolguy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash poolguy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.